0: You are listening to episode 45 of season 13 of the GNU World Order for day 307 of 2019. In this episode we have a Linux origin story and we're going to talk about the commands reset and rev from the util linux package. Some time ago I, I mentioned that I wouldn't mind hearing more Linux origin stories, because I think B Girl from Mastodon sent me a, an origin story of, of Linux. I think that was what kicked it off, I'm not sure. Maybe that was in response to the request. I don't remember. Either way, I mentioned that I love hearing these sorts of things, and Grant from Mastodon sent me his Linux origin story. It's quite long, so i'm going to I'm going to edit out certain parts of it just for 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 the sake of time. Um, it, and I, I'm going to read it entirely without interjection. I know that sometimes i I interject commentary throughout emails, and i'm I'm aware of when I do it. i'm I'm aware when I do that that it it confuses the voice of of who is speaking and who's commenting. so this this I'm going to not do that with. I'll I'll edit it just slightly for time, and Grant freely admits that this may have been slightly influenced by listening to too much of um, the Hour of Slack from the Church of the Subgenius. So it has a certain style. My Linux story. It all began in 2005, when my cousin's boyfriend called me back to his room. He had a laptop open on the bed with some ancient-looking text screen open. Until this point, I only remembered looking at a text screen like that when my parents bought a computer with Windows 3.0 slash 3.1 when I was much too young to really know what I was doing. I don't know much about DOS, but my memories informed me that I learned to navigate and open up games on their computer. Eventually, I figured out how to navigate through the DOS system and do all sorts of things. Then they bought a new computer with Windows 95 and I was lost again. Let's skip forward. I bought my first computer when I was 12 with money I had saved up all year. My family wasn't rich, but I saved some money somehow, I think, from birthdays and such. And my dad knew a guy who was making his fortune on this newfangled website called eBay. That man bought all the parts for a Pentium II machine and assembled it for uh, for me at cost. So 75 US dollars later, I had a computer with Windows Millennium Edition on it. I ran that until XP came out. And that brings us back to sitting on the bed with that laptop with some weird text interface on it. My cousin's boyfriend looked at the screen with wonder in his eyes and pronounced, ''Isn't it beautiful?'' I asked. ''What is it? Is it DOS?'' He recoiled at the mention of the lecherous system known as DOS. ''No, it's Slackware.'' I laughed. ''Yes, I remember chuckling.'' ''What is Slackware?'' I said skeptically. Then we sat in silence, and my innocence was stolen away by the beautiful Unix-like system known as Slackware Linux. I left the room with a sense of wonder. I'm not overstating that. I truly wondered at how fast and easy this Slackware was to use. I did not, however, go home and download it. I had no idea how to get Slackware. I just remember fond thoughts of that evening in that bedroom with, Slack, with Slackware Linux. Skip forward. I was in college. It was circa 2008-2009, as the pink's measure time. I discover this website called Ubuntu.com. They didn't advertise anything really about being similar to the magical Slack or Linux world, but it appeared to be something similar. This was in the days that they had some sort of executable that installed Ubuntu on a Windows system without having to boot into the BIOS and all that. I don't know what it was, but when I rebooted, I had Ubuntu instead of Windows on my machine. The Wi-Fi didn't work, the mouse only barely worked, the keyboard definitely didn't work. This was before smartphones were in every pocket. I had to go to the library to look up how to fix my computer. This was when I learned about the Linux kernel and kernel mods, And fixing my machine. I ran Ubuntu for a few years, then discovered that it was, in fact, in the same vein of computing as Slackware. I became a junkie so separate and apart from that first experience on Slackware that it was unrecognizable. I hopped from distro to distro. After a few years, I reached out to Google and applied to be a tester for the CR48, an experimental laptop based on Gentoo Linux, but with a unified and beautiful interface called Chrome OS. It was the final destination in my mind, pure integration with the mothership known as Google. I plugged in and thought I would never disconnect from the majesty of Google in all her glory and in her great mission, that being, don't be evil. My life integrated with the online. I ascended into a state that only existed truly online. Things went wrong after this point. I had a couple of short years living in the facade of google's glory until they began to cut their products and destroy their long-lived motto my chromebook transformed from a pure os that was simple and stable to a computer whose life was coming to an end and whose purpose was to sell me software as a service i was disgusted and immediately left the ascension of google but nothing could satisfy me my experience with google birthed a great need in me I needed stability. I needed a computer and an OS that did not promise one thing and then leave me in the morning with disgust and self-loathing. Debian was wonderful. Sys v init and stable packages. I converted everything to Debian and their fantastic system. They lasted a few months before the update that switched them to System D. The betrayal cut deep. Would no OS leave me alone and let me have a pure experience? I switched to elementary OS. I loved elementary. It was simple. I ran beautifully. It ran beautifully, but lurking in the background was the memory of Debian's betrayal, System D. I had, I had and have no real grudge against System D, except that it seems to steal away my power over my own system for minor optimization and hugely complexifying my own system needlessly. Okay, perhaps I hate them, but that is not why Elementary OS didn't have the staying power that I wanted. I stayed with Elementary for three years, then I found a podcast that was interesting. Gnu World Order enters the scene of my life. My first episode was like going to church for the first time. I'm not a religious man, but I imagine that it must be similar. Klaatu was talking about packages. It was honestly a little boring at first because I had no idea what the heck was going on. Then it clicked. He was using Slackware. That first glimpse into the world of freedom that I had had as a young man. He was going through the packages and explaining each one. I was hesitant to turn away from elementary OS since I had been using it for so long. I just wanted my system to work and stop changing so massively. The only changes I wanted were objective improvements to the system itself. Then I tried Slackware. I went to their page, clicked Get Slack, and took a moment to download it. Then I began setting up Slackware. Partition. Install. Configure. The old habit that felt so new on the menu-based text installer. Installation was complete. Thus began my journey into stability and the enlightenment enlightenment of slacking. Praise J.R. Bob Dobbs. I now use DWM as my window manager, ST as my terminal emulator, SURF as my web browser, Joe is my text editor, Mutt is my email client. Slacking has become a relaxing art form to me. I have found the peace that I glimpsed when I was young. I have embraced that peace, and here I sit, typing this out in my car before work on my triple-E PC." And again, that was Grant from Mastodon who wrote in, if you want to share your Linux origin story, by all means, send it to me. I will read it on air. Um, You can also record it yourself, and I will play your recording of it on air. Um, And again, I reserve the right, as I've done here, to edit it for time, so I'm afraid that through editing it, uh, it loses some of its color. There, there's a there's a tone in it that doesn't come through in, in my reading, and it, it's quite a clever it, it's a clever little piece that he wrote. So if you want the full the full story, uh, then you can ask him for that on Mastodon. I'm sure he would probably provide it to you. I don't know. I didn't ask him, but that's my guess. What I really want to concentrate on here is is that last sentence. That last sentence in in the... I've lost it now. Well, bother. It was something like, here I sit typing this um, before work in my triple... Uh, in my car before work on my triple EPC. That's the kind of thing that I feel really... Well, and there was another sentence in there, actually. Um that, that using Slackware was, yeah, yeah, using, I think it was even just using Ubuntu, was so unlike his early experience with Slackware. And I, I feel like those two things sum up that kind of rabid excitement when you're, when you're getting into Linux. But, 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 it's the time that you are actually getting into Linux. So in other words, it's not necessarily the first experience you ever have. That's a unique thing from, from when, you, when you start Linux in earnest. So in other words, when I personally, CLAT2, first discovered, well, Unix, really, it was through a commercial operating system, and I launched a terminal, and I just had no clue what to do, and I just thought, how do people know what to do on this thing? like I don't understand what you what do you do in this window like it looks like a text editor to me how do you know what to do and then I I remember seeing someone doing something in a terminal and and really being like he was excited that, that this commercial OS had provided him a terminal and he he seemed very very intrigued by it and, and fascinated that the commands that he was typing in were working, and I just didn't, again, I just didn't understand what exactly he was doing. And it was it was curious, because nowadays I hear people say that, that they think that the terminal is programming, and I didn't have that preconception. I never thought of the terminal as programming. I just thought it was a I thought it was an application and I didn't know how to use the application and I wanted to know how to use the application so that was the first experience and that was quite unlike the experience that came later not much later but a little bit later after I started reading books on the subject and sort of really kind of investigating okay well what do I need to know to get up and running here and that was the time where I would do things like, you know, sit in the car and and furiously try to finish compiling something on this rescued laptop that was running some crazy, you, you know, co- cobbled together operating environment, um, trying to get that done before hurrying in to work for the next shift, that sort of thing. And that's that's such a beautiful beautiful experience it's one of those those just the the you you can't be torn away from this thing time and and that's a a little bit unique you know you you only even for an obsessive personality you only really obsess like that to, to that to that fullness once in a while and i think for obsessive personalities that's, um, that's a special time when when that obsession sort of coalesces into something that barely works for your real life. It just barely works. You're just barely making it into work on time. Sometimes you're not, but maybe it's not an important job anyway, so who cares? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really unique uh, sort of flavor to it. And, and his, his original text, Grant's original text, definitely definitely conveys that quite well. I don't know if my edit conveys it quite as well as he did, but there's um, there's something about that 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 the the big sort of the um, the sprint method of learning of learning a new system, and I don't know that everyone does it that way. Well, I know in fact that everyone not that not everyone does it that way because I've met people who are using Ubuntu and barely understand that they're using ubuntu like you know it's just yeah yeah i'm using ubuntu and that's it they're just casually using it and they're not they didn't they are not they don't have a sprint of i'm gonna uncover everything about this this thing they don't do that that's not how they work they they discover it over long stretches of time and that's cool too you know i mean, I, I don't know how that feels so much i am sure i kind of do but not really um i I tend towards the 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 sort of obsessing and and getting to know everything about something like turning an object over and looking at at it from every angle all within that first couple of weeks and then continuing from there so that's what I identified with from his Linux origin story, and I'm sure you have bits and pieces in there that you are that you that sound familiar to you as well. Um, it is interesting too that he did mention, even though he didn't remember the name of it, uh, that Woobie thing, uh, which I I think I've talked about in the previous episode because someone else had talked about Wooby. That's two people I think from my listenership that have mentioned sort of an actual like, real-life use case of of Wooby. Or Wubi? Or Wubu? W- no, wooby. It's that Ubuntu Windows installer thing that they used to ship on, on the disk. I know that about 30 people listen to GNU World Order, maybe more. I know of probably 30 that I could probably list off the top of my head. And two of those using Wooby means that there would be uh, at least, what, what's that, like a 6% success rate for Wubi? It's not great, I guess, but I mean, it's not bad either. Uh, and this is a very limited sample set. If you've ever used, if you, if you found Linux through Ubuntu, um, or, or I should say, if you started, beca- you know, you started sort of your your proper Linux journey with Ubuntu, through Wooby specifically, wooby.exe. Let me know. I'd like to get some new numbers for a, a made up statistic. <laughs> you have coffee. I've got my coffee. It's actually early in the morning, so this is my this is still my first morning cup. So anyway, um, I feel bad about stealing Grant away from Elementary OS to Slackware by influence of my show. It was not intentional. I'm sure Elementary OS is a very nice system. And for the record, dear listener, I'm not a System D hater. Um, I don't think that System D has ruined or spoilt computing at all. And that if, if you're sitting there saying that system D um has has ruined your computing experience, then I'm just gonna submit that you should look into how to write a target file. It's it's actually not that difficult. It is it's this is not um it's not rocket science. It is it is just an init system. And if you learn how to to write the the files that the init system launches or uses to launch rather then it's it's not difficult to use so um, I don't think system D is is as bad as as its reputation I don't think that it's exceedingly modular either um, although the system D people seem to want us to think that no actually it's totally modular but there's a lot going on inside of it and I, I I don't know how they can argue that it's modular, but th- that that having been said, uh, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think it's it's a fine little init system. It does its job, does its job pretty well, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't. I I think that 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 it's its reputation is well overblown. So that's just kind of for the record, uh, based on on the uh, the the thing that I read. I, I don't want that. That you you hearing that in Clatu's literal voice. I, I don't want you to think that that's, that was Clatu's th- thoughts. Those were Grant's thoughts read in Clatu's literal voice. So, that's that. Okay. So let's talk about reset. No. Uh, is it reset or is it rev first? Uh, alphabet reset would be first. Let's talk about reset. Of course, actually, it's it's not reset. It's actually T set. So if you do a man reset, you'll get the man page for tset, tset being, as far as I know, terminal set, maybe terminal setup even. But reset, at least on, on a software system, is a symlink to the tset executable. Here's what the man page for tset, or reset, has to say for itself. tset, reset, terminal initialization. tset initializes terminals. The really, really quick version of what this does is if you have accidentally catted a binary file or maybe you've tried to, I don't know, source a binary file, something wacky like that, and it throws off your terminal, it, it, it makes it such that when you type characters on your keyboard, you're not seeing the characters, you're seeing um, some kind of weird um, other character set or, or something like that, if there's something wrong with your terminal interface, that, that is not allowing you to use it correctly or accurately. In theory, if you type R-E-S-E-T and then hit return, that will reinitialize that terminal interface. It'll blank everything out. It'll kill uh, latent um, end line characters, and it'll reset the column width to the correct column width you know it, it just it, it sort of refreshes everything this is different than clear clear is it will just wipe the screen the, the screen f- the 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 pager right of, of that terminal it wipes it out and and gives you a blank a new page essentially that's that's different than reset reset actually looks at either the terminal environment, the, the T-E-R-M environment variable on your system, or if you can tell it what terminal to, to to use. You could say reset X term, or reset X term, or what is it? Um, I'll have to look at it. Reset, oh, that, not that one. Echo term. Reset RxVT-Unicode-256 color, for instance. that that would That would cause it to look at whatever system defaults are present for rxvt-unicode-256 color and 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 reload those into your terminal window you can you can kind of you can see an interesting the, the the easy way i mean you can sit there and cat all kinds of weird things and try to screw up your terminal it's not super easy to you know it happens when you least expect it it's not something that's very easy to trigger in my experience you can kind of see the, the effects of reset. Well, you can certainly see the effects by typing in reset or tset if you prefer. There. Um, but to, to, just to really, really see sort of that, to see proof that this is actually initializing something in a unique way, try this do a reset and then dash i for interrupt reset-i, and then uh, caret, that's the little pointy symbol above the 6 on a US keyboard, and then I'm going to just do J, capital J. So I've got reset-i caret-j. I do that, and the message that I get, or the, the message at the top of my terminal right now says interrupt is control-j. So what we've just done is we've reinitialized, we've initialized this terminal session with we, and, and we've we've defined our interrupt character as control J. Now you may or may not know that the normal interrupt character is control C. So if I do a sleep 8 and hit control C, nothing happens nothing at all. But if I do a sleep if I do a sleep eight and hit Control J, sleep ends. I've interrupted the process of of, it, of this terminal sleeping. So that's probably not the most like that's probably not what you need to do with reset. That's probably not the way that you will use it generally. But that's it's an obvious way to see it actually work. So that's um that there are a bunch of different different options for reset and they all kind of have to do with with that sort of um, in-the-moment sort of um, instant remapping of various things, like the interrupt character, dash I, the dash K uh, does set the line kill character to whatever you you tell it. Uh, I think there's a way to redefine maybe the backspace, I think, possibly... Dash e, What is dash e set the erase character? Yeah, so um, instead of Control H for erase, it could be Control something else. So you 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 can you can redefine couple couple of things like that. You can um, you can do a dash s to print the sequence of shell commands to initialize the environment the environment variable term to standard output. So let's do a reset dash s. It tells me that term equals x term. That's kind of a cool way to find out your terminal. Rather than than doing echo dollar sign, $term just do a reset-s. Now, of course that resets your terminal, so you should be mindful of that. But otherwise that's kind of a fancy way to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's reset really. I mean, there are there are probably there were probably more urgent uses for this back when terminals were not solely software-based, I mean, that's what I'm going to guess. Uh, nowadays I think it's it's kind of a, a weird sort of software formality, probably, but uh, you, you know, sometimes you, you'll use it, it's one of those that I, I, I have to use on very rare occasions it's a good one to keep in mind. Okay, let's move on to rev. Now, rev is the reverse lines character-wise command. It has two options, dash v for version and dash h for help, or just dash dash version and dash dash help. It, it does exactly one thing, and, and this is one of those commands that people think is kind of a joke, you know, they think it's one of those wacky Unix commands. Why would anyone ever use that? So you do echo hello, and then I'll pipe it through rev, and I get the output O-L-L-E-H instead of hello, because it's reversed. It, it's taken the characters and reversed it. And you, you, you see these kinds of these funny, almost like, look, it's an inside joke of Unix. Like, there's this rev command, and no one would ever use that in real life. But actually, Rev is really useful, and I'll tell you what it's useful for. It is useful for making something that you cannot necessarily define. For instance, the exact field count of the the final, I don't know, th- couple of letters in a file name. So if you don't know, for instance, the the, the length of output of an ls-l or or a readlink-f against a file, you can't tell a a program like cut or even awk where to look in that output to extract a specific bit of information that you might need. Whereas rev you can take the end of something like a file name and put it albeit backwards at the beginning of your uh, of what you need to parse so it's kind of that 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 first that 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 initial index problem that programmers are kind of always talking about how that always kind of throws things off because they forgot to you know they, they forgot to terminate a loop uh, after the final action, and instead of before the final action, or you know, there the, the problems like that come up all the time when you're programming, and and there's there's a term for it. It's I think it's something got to do with an index or something like that, because it's it's one of those things that happens a lot. Is that people forget, you know, they'll 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 start some process, and instead of starting at zero, they'll start at one, or instead of starting at 1 they'll they'll try to start at 0 or whatever. So in other words in, in this case it's it's a problem of not knowing where the end is. You can't you can't say okay look at the eighth field because you don't know how many fields came before the eight that you know about. But rev helps you isolate that in a weird, like I say, backwards way. So for instance, let's do an ls. Um, here's a jack underscore capture underscore 01 dot wave. So if I do an ls on that, I have jack capture one wave. Now if I wanted to get the, the extension, or maybe I want to get the, I don't know, the number, because I, I do happen to have a jack capture 2 dot wave. So there's an o1 and an 0 dot wave. And maybe I want to get the number of of which which Jack capture this is. Well, you and I know from this isolated case that we could do that with, for instance, ls Jack underscore capture one wave, and then I could pipe that through. Let's do a cut, and we could say the delimiter dash d quote underscore so that that's telling me the delimiting hmm. item is an underscore, and then I know that the field is going to be one two three. I think that works sort of. It gives me um, it gives me o one and then dot wave. So in order to get rid of that that dot wave, we could we could pipe it through, or actually we could just do base name jack capture 01 dot wave and then space dot wave and then pipe cut dash d underscore dash f3 and that gives me the 01 so that's, that's a lot of slicing and dicing to get the number of of this that's contained within this string but when you're doing bash scripts that's kind of the thing that you do uh, probably all too often. Now, there are better ways to do it than, than what I just did. We could use awk to extract that. We could use grep to extract just the digit. We could do all kinds of things for that. But we're not going to. Uh, the, my point is that we were able to extract that information because we have this specific example with a standardized naming scheme and so on. If you don't have that, though, but you do know that the number always precedes the file extension whatever the file extension may be then we could use rev to narrow to to, to get in closer to that number so for instance if we do rev jack capture a oh we can't do that um do an ls jack capture01.wave, and then pipe through rev, now we have ten underscore pack underscore cadge. So the name in back is, is backwards. Now if we do that rev, the output of rev, the backwards output, and we know right off the top, before thinking about anything, we know that we can drop everything in front of that first dot, so we could say cut dash d, and then give it a dot for our delimiter, and we could say, well, f- the field that we that we want is always going to be two. We know that because it's not the first field in front of the the dot; it's always the second field. Then reverse that again, and you get the jack capture o one and we could cut off the jack and the capture and so on, because, again, we, we know, for instance, we could do a cut-delimiter underscore, and we only want field 1, and pipe that through rev, or rev and we get the O one. So, um, rev, in other words, provides some amount of predictability. Now, predictability is a funny, a funny concept, and... In reality, you can't predict anything, right? Because if if all of this changes, I'm gonna do a quick, I'm gonna do a touch here and do a jack underscore capture underscore 0 dot tar dot gz. Well, now we've got we've got a problem, right? Because we do ls jack capture 0 dot tar dot gz, rev that, and we've got. ZG dot rat dot ten underscore blah blah blah. So now we've got two dots. So if we apply that same formula that we used just before, which is um, piping the reversed string to cut dash d dot dash f two, then we have the word rat instead of ten underscore uh, jack capture backwards. So that's that's a problem but it depends on what you're looking for right whether rev is going to work for you if if you're looking for something that you know is always going to be at the end of a string then rev is great because you'll you, you always know that if you reverse whatever string you get back from some bash command you know that reversing it will give you those last it will give you the, the last characters first as long as you know to look for them backwards, you're good as gold. Now, whether you need to parse by a specific delimiting character, how you determine that, that's up to you. but um, and and maybe you could just use regex, right? I know you probably shouldn't, but you could. Uh, and maybe you could look for for something w- within the the last couple of characters knowing that it'll start with, or yeah, I guess re- reverse, it'll start with a, a Z and and end with a, a T. So it might be a tar bzip2. Oh, that doesn't end with a Z. Okay, so it's going to contain a Z and then start with a T, or, or end with a T. Yeah, so it's a problem. It's always a problem. There's not an easy answer. Rev, however, provides another tool in your toolkit to... Possibly provide some predictability, uh, or at least to reorder something in a way that that maybe you can deal with in, in, in an easier way. So that's that's rev, and it is surprising how useful it is. Uh, another time I've I've used it is trying to determine whether a file name as given or a path name as given terminates in a slash i mean a lot of times the the slash is insignificant like if you double up on slashes bash just eats the empty the empty space between double slashes it doesn't actually change the path but sometimes it's really really significant like for rsync and and some things that that determine whether you want to do operations on the contents of a directory versus the directory itself. So sometimes a, a bash script ought to be able to determine whether there's the slash there or not, uh, because it, it, it can be significant in some cases. So I've used rev for that, because again, you can just look at that, that last character by, by knowing that it's the, actually the first character. It's, it's a nice way to just kind of get predictability within your, your scripts. That's rev. And that's pretty much all I have for this episode. So thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. To the GNU World Order Aug Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Clatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at clatu@member.fsf.org. at member.fsf.org. That's clatu@member.fsf, at member.fsf, as in Free Software Foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, GNU World Order.info and SlackerMedia.info. I will see you next time. Men and women danced the counterbeat beat of the jungle rhythms and the occult incantations of the jellyhead generation.